Welcome to the DMSG Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Hadley, founder and CEO of the Denver Medical Study Group. We're based in Colorado, and we're going into our 16th year with over 1,350 members in 29 states. Our educational events include DMSG webinars, healthcare podcasts, and in-person meetings. Today, I'm excited to visit with John Tynes, MD, Vice President and Chief Medical Officer for Intermountain Health St. Joseph Hospital here in Denver. Dr. Tynes, would you tell our listeners a little about yourself and your background? Sure, Chris. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and I really appreciate the work that the Denver Medical Study Group does. I recently attended a great talk uh, at which Scott Becker uh, presented. It was fascinating, and so I just really appreciate you guys' interest uh, in healthcare and the work that you do. So um, I am an OBGYN by training. I uh, trained at Texas at Parkland Hospital, which at the time was the biggest and busiest labor and delivery in the country. And I think that's why I became an OBGYN. I was just fascinated with the the work. I, I liked the surgical piece. I liked the primary care piece. It was just the perfect blend for me. Um, after I finished my residency, I worked out in California in private practice first, and then as an employed physician with Sutter Health in Northern California. Uh, and I was out there for 14 years before I slowly started moving more and more into uh, physician leadership roles and then into uh, physician executive roles. So I started like a lot of doctors do um, on medical executive committees, I served as chief of staff, served on my hospital board in the, in the town that I practiced in and uh, just developed an appreciation for the leadership roles and the opportunity to paint with a bigger brush to help patients and to help my my colleagues. So um, about now 10 years ago, I was re recruited to Colorado uh, by a competitor of Intermountain Health, Centura Health, uh, here in the Denver market. And I worked as a medical director there and then became got my first chief medical officer job with Centura, first at one hospital, and then I covered two hospitals. And I was with them for about four years. Um, then I got recruited away to Houston. I think I thought I think I thought I wanted to go back to Texas, but I didn't realize how hot it was in Texas after being away for so long. <laughs> but I was there for about two years, and I worked in a for-profit healthcare system down in Houston before being recruited back here to Colorado, where I joined uh, what was then SCL Health and is now Intermountain Health. Um, just before the pandemic kicked in, I really was on the on the ground here in Colorado only about. 90 days before the pandemic kicked in. Um, and so uh, I, I look at that as sort of a, I try to find the silver lining around the pandemic. And the silver lining was, as you all know, we just locked down for about two years here. And mm -hmm. I fortunately had time to build some relationships and get to know some people before that happened. And I think it actually helped me bond with my medical staff here at St. Joe's much faster than I've been able to do at other hospitals, just because we were all in it together for a long <laughs> period of time dealing with stuff that none of us had ever seen. So uh, that's past us now, I hope. Um, and we're now trying to kind of dig out from the aftermath of the pandemic. Um, everybody's heard about the challenges in healthcare these days related to financial performance and trying to figure out what the new world looks like. So it's been a journey. Uh, it's been sort of an evolution in physician leadership for me. Uh, but now I'm retired from clinical practice. 
Uh, I like to joke with my physician colleagues that I've gone fully to the dark side of administration now. Uh, but I, I really enjoy the work, and I, St. Joseph's is a great place to work, and I really enjoy being back in Colorado. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, we're glad to have you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You know, as Chief Medical Officer and Vice President for St. Joseph Hospital, uh, what do your responsibilities include? Yeah, so the Chief Medical Officer job is different depending on where you practice, and we can talk about that if you want to. Um here at St. Joe's, really, I am the liaison between hospital administration and the medical staff in the hospital. Um, so I uh, have to balance the concerns, the operational and financial imperatives of the hospital. We we are a not-for-profit, but that doesn't mean that we can afford to lose money. We have to figure out how to keep our doors open and be able to have enough of a margin to buy the new technologies and replace things and keep our buildings looking good as the things go along. So that is, you know, one of my responsibilities is to communicate that to the medical staff here. Uh, on the flip side, I also have to represent the interests of the physicians, the uh, APPs, the advanced practice providers who practice in our hospital, uh, and really advocate for them to be able to do their work with the tools that they need to, to be able to operate and work in the best environment for taking care of patients. And at the center of all of it for both sides is patient care. And really just kind of continuing to keep everybody focused on the work at hand, which is taking care of the best possible care of patients that, that we can. Um, the chief medical officer in Intermountain Health has uh, oversight over quality, safety, patient experience. We are very much involved in that work every day. Uh, I look at all of the metrics that measure how we're doing with regard to the quality of care that we perform, and I look for opportunities to do better. When we identify an opportunity like that, frequently I'm the one kind of leading the charge on that, working with my quality team, my safety team, the nurses, uh, basically to see that we can come up with initiatives to, to really get back to where we need to be. I'll also just mention that a big part of my job is to collaborate with nursing and so my chief nursing officer partner here at the hospital is really my, they, they, we make up our dyad partner and it's a triad partner if you count in our quality director. All three of us really work together to accomplish the same thing. And I couldn't do what I do without a really good chief nursing officer and vice versa. We're joined at the hip. We always have to be on the same page about what we're trying to work on because it really is a team effort. You can't just do this work from one side or the other. You know, uh, John, we, we've recently interviewed a, a couple of uh, chief nursing officers, one at UC Health here in Denver, and she talked about the dynamics that their nurses are dealing with coming out of the pandemic. Uh, how is the situation there at St. Joseph's? Well, we're, we're having the same challenges a lot of people are having. Um, the pandemic, uh, obviously, nurses and all staff uh, was in huge demand. And at the same time, a lot of people were making some tough choices about their careers, needing to be home with their families. Um, financial, the finances changed a lot. Um, nurses suddenly had an opportunity to, to, to travel, to go do these um, temporary assignments uh, around the country and make a ton more money than they were making in their local environment. So we started seeing more turnover. Um, we started having to recognize that we weren't gonna have quite the longevity with our 
nurses or our staff or even our doctors for that matter. And we had to think of, think about our work differently. How do we ensure that new nursing grads or, or people who are new to our hospital or new to our culture can still know what to do, can understand how things are done in our hospital in a way that can maintain a high level of quality and safety that we're known for. So we're, we're still digging out from that uh, a little bit after the pandemic. Our, our what we call our traveling population, our contract nurses, our contract um, staff, uh, that was a much bigger number uh, a year ago than it is today. Um, you know, it's, it's a very expensive resource and it diverts um, money from other things that we need to be working on. So we have to figure out how to get back to a little bit better place than we are right now. But we're making progress, I think. Um, you know, one thing that we have going for us here at St. Joe's is we do have a truly great culture that, that you feel it when you walk in the wards, you feel it when you walk in the halls of the hospital. The people want to work here. We have a lot of people who've been here for 30, 40 years, spent their whole careers here, basically. Um, and so that's a big attractor. It helps us, you know, get once we get people in the door and they see what it's like to work here and see the, the level of collaboration that they have across the team, then they tend to stay. So um, we're, we'll keep working at it the best we can. Yeah, it's a process, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you you know uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, geographically, you're located in kind of the center of three or four hospital systems, aren't you? And do you work with them? What What goes on there? Well, you know, it's it's uh, some days it's collaboration, <laughs> some days it's competition. Um, you know, I I think, uh, yeah, we are close. Uh, Health One is a hospital literally right across the street from us. Denver Health is about two miles away. Um, you know, we have some Centura facilities that are not too far away. Um, so we, you know, we do have a lot of competition here in the center of the city. You know, St. Joseph's has been here for 150 years. We just celebrated our 150th anniversary about a week and a half ago. Um, and so we have a long history of serving the center part of Denver, um, first under the Sisters of Charity Leavenworth. Uh, well, they're, they're still, we're still a Catholic hospital. We're, they're still very much involved in our mission and our, and our, our commitment to the community. So we, we fill a, a special niche, I think, in the center of Denver. Um, you, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to somebody in a grocery store and they'll say, where do you work? And you say St. Joseph's, oh, you know, I was born there or, you know, my grandfather had surgery there. You know, I mean, there's just such a connection to the community here that gives us a little bit of an advantage, I think, in some ways, because just, you know, such a such a, a rich connection. Um, but, you know, it is competition still, and we still have to provide the highest level care that we can. I personally, you know, I would like it if if hospitals didn't have to compete on quality and safety. I would I would really like it for all of us as as patients to not have to worry that any hospital you walk into is not going to be as good as another one. And so that's, that's where we do have opportunities to collaborate with other systems. I have a, a great working relationship with the CMO over at Denver Health, and we talk all the time about things that we can collaborate with and, and work on together. Um, and so you know, I think that's where we 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 all do work together as healthcare providers to try to provide the best possible care. And then, you know, you go after each other when it comes to you know price, competition, access to care, how quick you can get people in, things like that. That's the that's the the place where we can really compete with people. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, also Kaiser Permanente is close by, isn't well, it? Yeah, so Kaiser is a huge partner for us. Uh, now, they are a physician group, and they're a health plan. So they have, you know, a, a, they have clinics. Um, they have a huge uh, staff, a huge group of physicians in Colorado, but they don't own any hospitals. They, they uh, partner with us. They Historically, St. Joseph's has been the biggest partner with Kaiser, in Colorado. They also have a big part of our business up at Good Samaritan, which is another Intermountain Hospital up on the north side of town. But they also um, they also do provide care at other hospitals, which are not Intermountain Hospitals. Uh, nevertheless, they are a huge partner. They have a huge campus right behind us here at St. Joe's. And, um, and there's still about half of our business probably in the hospital at any given time, depending on the service line and depending on, you know, um, the types of things that we're talking about, but yeah, they're, they're a great, and they're a great culture too. They're, they're great culture, fully focused around preventive care, getting patients the best value for their healthcare dollar and, you know, really trying to keep them out of hospital if possible. And then when you have to go into a, a, a medical facility to make sure they get the most efficient, high quality care that they can. Now, are they, uh, uh, is this particular facility impacted by the, uh, strike that uh, Kaiser workers are involved in now. Uh, yeah, they did. They they did have uh, some other staff that was um, that was part of the strike last week. Uh, they're all back at work now. I don't think they've resolved uh, all their issues yet. So there's still some more work to be done there. But it didn't have any impact on our hospital operations at all. That was really an outpatient uh, issue that they were dealing with. The people that were on strike were not our well, not the doctors. Uh, they were the they were the folks that work in the clinics and the offices and provide kind of support services for their for their patients. Yeah, and while I'm thinking of it, congratulations on your 150th anniversary. That is phenomenal. Uh, a lot of history here in in Denver with the St. Joseph's Hospital. Yeah, there really is, and uh, you know it's great to be part of that. Um, we we had a birthday week we had the number of events happening at the hospital we dedicated a new i, I believe we're going to call it the heritage of mission wall here outside our administration offices at st joe's that really kind of chronicles the history you have to admire the sisters who came from leavenworth they had hardly any money uh there was just a handful of them and they came with this mission to just uh serve the poor and vulnerable and help them provide healthcare and they stuck it out and they have built one of the strongest, most high quality hospitals I've ever worked in. They are over, you know, all the years I've been working in not four different health systems and nine different hospitals. This is really the best hospital I've ever worked in. And a lot of that's, you know, a tribute to the sister's vision, their commitment, their perseverance, just, you know, hang it in there year after year. Sure. You know, uh, because of the dynamics of working with Kaiser and having your own staff that you deal with, are your challenges different from maybe the chief medical officer at Denver Health? Well, uh, yeah, there's some, there's good and bad. Um, so one of the great things about St. Joe's is we have a great partnership with Kaiser. Um, we have also have, we're in a joint uh, venture with, uh, we have a joint operating agreement with National Jewish Health, uh, who is an internationally known uh, pulmonary and respiratory hospital. Um, we have our graduate medical education program. We have the largest uh, private uh, residency program 
in the country. We have four programs, family medicine, internal medicine, general surgery, and OBGYN. Um, then we have our employed medical group as well that has a presence in the hospital. And then we also have a spattering of private practices, you know, in spe certain specialties that, that still provide care in the hospital. So when you think of that, what you realize is that none of those groups are actually very much in direct competition with each other. So they really, you know, have their own sort of kind of dedicated patient population that they serve and they're not directly competing. So the great thing about that for me as a chief medical officer and, as, and for St. Joe's in general, I think, is that you don't see quite the kind of comp competition here between different groups or different practices that you, that you sometimes see in other hospitals. There's no backstabbing. Everybody here is on the same page about really trying to take the best care of patients. So you get a lot of collaboration between physician leaders from one group or the other to advance quality initiatives, to hold each other accountable, which is a really part, a big important part of achieving high quality is you got to have physicians who are willing to say to each other, hey, I think you could do that better or, you know, let me help you with that. And so that really um, makes it a lot easier for me to get people moving in the same direction to really kind of want to work on the things that, that enhance patient care. Um, the, the challenges, I guess, are just keeping keeping straight in my head who works for who and, you know, what the different you know, <laughs> politics of their particular group are and, you know, how I can manage certain things like call schedules and make sure it's fair between the different groups so that nobody's, you know, taking a bigger burden of the work than others. But overall, I think it's a huge benefit to us to have that relationship. I know that uh, the merger with SCL Health and Intermountain Health is a recent merger in the last year. Um, how do you see that merger impacting your role as chief medical officer there? Yeah, it's changing a little bit. We do have um, a lot of similarities between the legacy SCL Health and the legacy Intermountain. The culture was very similar. The commitment to value-based care, the commitment to uh, quality and safety. Um, so it was a an easy marriage that way. We're much more alike uh, than we are different. Um, I think there are, you know, our chief clinical officer, J.P. Vallon, who some of your listeners probably already know really well, he used to be the chief clinical officer for SCL Health. He's now the chief clinical officer for all of Intermountain Health. Um, he said in a meeting recently, he said, you know, my challenge is to take two very highly performing companies who got there very different ways and blend them together so that we can align their processes and align the work. And sometimes that's a, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to choose between two really attractive things. You know, we, we both get good results. We both do things slightly differently. So how do you pick which one is going to be the one that you settle with? Sometimes you don't have to, sometimes you just say, let's leave well enough alone. We don't have to be completely cookie cutter. Uh, we will align as when in places where we see opportunity, and then other places we'll let people do whatever their local microclimate around their hospital or within their region dictates. And so, I you know I I think you know my role will probably change to some extent over time. I'll probably have some regional responsibilities and some different roles related to the whole enterprise. But at the end of the day, you know it's not really going to change much at the bedside. We still do the same work to take care of patients every day. They still need the same things. 
we, we have some opportunities to get more efficient with that to you know make some adjustments to supply chains and to some of the in, the, the plumbing and wiring you know the infrastructure the HR functions um, you know those kinds of things that that really are mostly in the background that will help us actually get more cost effective and more efficient in the work that we do. But when it comes down to patient care and clinical best practices, this is only going to be a benefit to patients. It's really going to help us get better at what we do, share best practices more easily, take advantage of that strength in numbers and, and, and really kind of get go from you know good to great, right? This is a good to great story. None of us are in a turnaround status. We're all really good at what we do. We just want to be the best. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, a question for you, John. If there was something that you would change at St. Joseph Hospital, what would it be? Wow. Good question. Uh, well, um, you know, I think what I would what I would work on was trying to restore a little bit more of that sense of calling that a lot of us in healthcare had when we first went into it. You know, healthcare has been has become much more challenging just from a logistical and a process point of view over the last couple of decades. And the pandemic has only exacerbated that. Yeah. So you, we do see um, people feeling a little burned out. We do have, we see people, more people questioning um, whether they want to stay in healthcare. And that's, that's part of our staffing problem is we have a lot of people say, I'm done, this is too much, I can't do this anymore. Well, they gotta reach their breaking point. And so, if I could figure out how to streamline the work and make the 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 actual doing of their work easier for the for people every day, I would hope that they could recapture some of that sense of purpose and that sense of a calling that they had when they first decided to go to nursing school or medical school or whatever it was that attracted them into healthcare. Um, not an easy task. Um, you know, we look for creative ways to do that all the time. Creative ways to engage with our our, our caregivers, as we call everybody on the team here, and, you know, try to help them know that they're supported and that this is worthwhile and that this is probably, this is the greatest um, profession that I can think of. And it has more of a sense of, um, uh, of, you know, self-fulfillment than anything I can think of to do. So, you know, uh, as you share that, uh, it crossed my mind with everything that's going on with generative AI, uh, is that do you see that playing a significant role in in regard to bringing the excitement of providing medicine back to your providers? Yeah, you know we are on a mission. Our, Rob Allen, who's the CEO of Internet Mountain, uh, has uh, made one of his his core. Um, uh, initiatives for the the next year or two as we move through integration it, uh, is uh, captured in one word simplify how can we simplify the work of our caregivers across the spectrum from physicians to nursing all the way down to the folks who uh, do EBS and food services and, and I don't say down to them they're just as important as anybody else on the team how can we make all the, the folks on the teams work easier and AI, I think, could play a part in that. Um, we've we've done a lot of work with our electronic medical record to help physicians recognize when a patient might be um, becoming septic or early signs of a heart attack. Um, so 
There's ways to leverage the technology that we already have in place to get better at that. Um, you know, the, the, the holy grail for physicians would be an electronic medical record where you could just plug in all the symptoms and all the lab values and it would give you a list of differentials and uh, diagnoses and, and give you an idea about what you should be doing to next steps in diagnosis or next steps uh, to treatment. And uh, there will always be a need to question the computer and mm -hmm. to, you know, really reconcile what you're seeing on your technology with what you're seeing in the patient sitting right before you and what the patient is telling you, because sometimes those symptoms don't, you know, follow the textbook. Sometimes it's something that's a little unusual, but they could certainly make our life easier. Um, and, you know, recognizing early signs of of a pandemic starting to spread you know, when we see data data popping up certain numbers of cases showing up in the emergency room or getting admitted for a certain diagnosis when how can we recognize patterns earlier so we can be more proactive in our responses and be ready for those those big events when they happen so i think there's a lot of potential in ai you know, people like radiologists are using some AI to help them recognize findings on x-rays or other kinds of imaging studies. Um, I, you know, the uh, in the OBGYN world, back when I was still practicing, AI was starting to look at uh, pap smears for cervical screening. Can we, can a, can a computer do the initial screen and can they be counted on to be reliable in picking up the ones that a human then needs to look at and confirm the diagnosis. So I think there's going to be some pretty exciting stuff coming up in the years before, but I can't see a time where you're not going to have to have a human talking to a human. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really just yeah. leveraging that technology to help them be faster at their work and to simplify it. Well, John, it's been a pleasure to visit with you today. Is there anything that else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we close? You know, no, just um, encourage people to support your caregivers. Um, I think, you know, during the height of the pandemic, we really appreciated the the signs that you saw in people's windows and, and uh, you know, that there was that thing at eight o'clock in the evening where people went outside and rang bells and tooted horns in support of their, you know, their caregivers. Um, I think some of that has slipped a little bit and we're seeing people a little frustrated now by what's happening in the world around them. And so just remember that you're, everybody who works in a hospital is a person just like you are and, just trying to take the best care of you that they can. And they've got their own troubles that they're putting aside to help you get healthy again. So try to cut them a break when you, when you, when you can and, and show them your appreciation. Don, thank you so much. Dr. Tynes, chief medical officer and vice president at Intermountain Health St. Joe's hospital in Denver. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet.